0: Sex is fun, you know, it's great when you have that connection and and the love that goes along with it, but just raw animal sex is fucking hot. And who wouldn't want to do that all day, every day?
1: My sex life has always been like trial and error. You know, like you you try something, do you like it, yes or no, and uh, then you move on from there.
2: For me, bad sex is when you allowed something to happen when you should have said no.
0: First you have the sex, and then you have the sex you want. All right, and Philip Banks. Can you can we hear everything okay through the laughter and the mirth?
1: No,
3: but when Fistin goes <laughs> mainstream...
0: Hi, welcome to the Audio Sex Party. For many men, there's not a lot of opportunity to explore our sex lives, or our sexuality with other gay, bi, queer men. Despite the fact that we have sex, we don't always talk about it, at least not in ways that help us to figure out the sex we want. So we invited some guys to come together for a bunch of audio sex parties, to talk about sex, and then we recorded it. In this podcast, you'll hear the voices of real men talking about real sex at a real party. On Season 1, we're asking, how do queer men find the sex they want? And what better way to begin than by talking about cruising. So come on in and join the party. Before
4: I showed up, I did not know what to expect at the party, in all honesty. I knew it was going to be men talking about sex. My name's Peter, and I was at the audio sex party. I grew up here and um, managed to, I'm so gay, I managed to surround myself with all gay boys, even in high school, and one of them was doing the ads in Back in Now magazine, and that's how he he was getting laid all through high school. Oh my god. I was like, you you didn't tell this to me? This is impossible. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Uh, it was pretty full when I arrived. There was lots of uh, noise. You could smell the pot smoke. There was people in the kitchen, there was people sitting on couches, there were people in the other room. It felt crowded.
0: Yeah, right. So, like, so mice.
1: So
4: <laughs> I listened to High
1: Park for the first time and apparently it's like it wasn't still as like huge. Mm-hmm. We had we had a huge across the street from it. It's very busy. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah lots of tissue
4: trails because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she reads <sees>
1: loom
4: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my man really likes going mm-hmm. and um, oh my god he's so comes park. yeah because we're running off the street and he comes home with stories we were out at brunch one day and he goes like that guy behind you he was eating brunch, like, breakfast with this woman and he's like he likes getting dressed up in women's clothing and getting <laughs> fucked in the park and I'm like <laughs> <"Shut."> <laughs> and he's I'm like that's okay, okay. that is okay. amazing I love that yeah. you know that about our neighbors and we go over there and have sex too. He likes cruising strangers. I do too. I get a little scared wow. sometimes to be honest. Yeah. When I was younger by myself, I don't mm. know. Something about doing it with him weirds me out. But yeah. we go over and have sex with each other in the park too. Because it's fun having sex outside, yeah. Just getting outside yeah, that yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
5: I remember distinctly the first time I hooked up to the Park and this was in Stanley Park. And just just being like stricken by how like primal it felt i'm noah adams i'm uh 37 i live in toronto i'm from vancouver originally i'm a social worker i also do research on trans health and in the past trans suicidality and i'm an activist i mean this sounds like you know men beating on drums kind of maybe i'm romanticizing it but i guess you know so what uh but yeah it just felt very like primal and very like bodies passing in the night and groping each other on the way past and, and very, like, freeing in that way. And, and very, like, you know, no, no strings attached and no guilt or anything like that. I wasn't at the party, but if I was there, I guess I would have wanted to talk about... Um, I think I would have just followed the conversation and seen where it went. Get a couple beers in me and I'm, I'm a talker. But I gotta warm up.
6: Well, Zemo, about
1: public sex you find that uh, the act of getting caught is what is enticing about it, or is it just being in a different.
4: I think it's more being in a different, yeah. Uh, yeah. fresh mm-hmm. air. You know, yeah. doing it in nature feels really nice, being outside. Mm-hmm. I do like that element. Being watched rather than getting caught. Yeah. Like if yes. you stumble yes. upon yes. me and my man having sex and you're into watching, that's kind of like what I'm hoping for. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? And I'm hoping you're pretty hot and, and I want to it. be watched by you. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's, there's yeah. all sorts but, of negative attention. Yeah.
3: When we think about cruising, we tend to think of it as um, something that happens that's related to public sex, but it's not necessarily. My name is Marcus McCann. I'm a former journalist and a lawyer. Um, I practice in the areas of employment and human rights and have a particular interest in civil liberties when it comes to uh, public expressions of sexuality. Cruising is a kind of a code, a set of glances, a way of looking at people to identify each other as potential um, Partners for a sexual encounter. And that cruising can happen in, in a park, obviously, but it can happen at a party, it can happen uh, indoors, it can happen in, even in a bar, at a beach, where have you. Uh, the park? Yeah, the parks are amazing. I fucking love
4: having sex on the beach, and I don't mean the shots. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like at Hanlon's? <laughs> um, I have done
1: it
4: there, yeah,
1: but any beach anywhere in the world, you'll find that. Oh my, my gosh. you're close to naked, you know, mm-hmm, it's yeah. bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I keep think <laughs> just thinking about, like, getting sand in
4: my yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. An ocean, and there's, there's certain types of sex that you're not going to have if that's going to happen. Fair. Yeah. You know, Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite stories, I'm backpacking through Asia at uh, I have my first email address, but it's a pain to get online to check things. So I literally emailed a friend back in the US and said, I will be in Singapore on these dates. Where does public cruising happen? <laughs> Search it out on the internet and tell me. And he was like, the second floor of some mall in Singapore. And I was like, I'm on it. I will go visit that mall and check out the scene. And um picking up on the cues and reading the scene and eventually strolling in the mall with this young, like, a South Asian Burmese man with broken English, but communicating, flirting, talking. It was amazing. And then he just turned to me and said, I want to do the sex with you. And I was like, I want to do the sex with you too. So I was up for the adventure and took me to some like empty bathroom in an office building where we proceeded to have sex. I was like, this rocks, man. I like Singapore. (laughs) I also remember seeing a lot of older kind of expatriate gay men walking the mall and carrying big shopping bags and somebody explaining to me that, like, they'd stand in them so you couldn't see their feet yeah, yeah, in the yeah. stall. And so two people could be in the stall. I was
1: like, wow, tricks.
4: <laughs> There's a lot of bathrooms
1: in the financial district, apparently, but, like, all the bankers just, like, go in and, like, jerk each other off, like, all day. Yep. <laughs> like, it's yeah, like, so big. That's why the economy crashed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love hand sanitizer.
2: Cruising is actually, I think, a f- quite fundamental component of the emergence of erotic cultures between men who want to have sex with other men. And I think historically why it emerges is because initially people didn't have a lot of their own private space. My name's Gary Kinsman. I came out in a long time ago, in 1972. Since then, I've been involved in the Gay Liberation Movement and in the AIDS activist movement. And I've done an awful lot of research and writing about the history of the regulation of sexuality in the Canadian context. When I was coming out and sort of growing up a bit in Toronto, it was really important for me to know that places like Philosopher's Walk or Queen's Park or Hanlon's Point, various other places in the city existed that I knew men would actually go to to meet other men. It was really important to know communally and collectively that We were seizing social space, even if in the state's mind, this was supposedly public space that's not supposed to be used for these purposes. I think we were able to establish relations of privacy and intimacy in those contexts that didn't bother other people, but allowed us to actually have moments of pleasure and eroticism that were really crucial to our lives.
1: Yeah, public sex, like that kind of cruising, like I don't even know. I would be like that would throw me like for a fucking loop. Like if I, if that was the only ah, thing that was. That me, so okay. <laughs> misinterpreting. Like, what if you look at someone and you think they're just being like yeah.
6: smile friendly, but you're like, well, I mean, that's the thing too. It's
1: like there was such a like, and there still is, right? Like those sorts of risks, right, for like violence between like other parts of the world too.
6: So I would spend my summers in Barbados growing up. And as I got older, there was me being the Canadian visiting, where I would kind of go on Grinder, and then whenever I was on Grinder, it would just be like a sea of torsos, or you know, like a picture of like the ocean, just there were no face pics at all. The way that Barbados is kind of situated, it's a lot of, or culturally, it's a lot of folks live with their parents until they buy land and then they move out and then they'd start their own kind of house family. or family. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot of people meeting up in their car and then driving to something called the Gully, which would kind of be like these big spaces of like open like overgrown grass that kind of were trails from like one street to another or people would just get in their cars and drive to like the cliffs or the beaches and then that's where everyone met up
1: just putting out there sex and like anything in a car not my thing you can't make it a thing it's never gonna be comfortable <laughs> it's never gonna be like what you want like every time it
6: was like i lived in the suburbs so like one thing was like no one could host because everyone lived That's <laughs> yeah, <you> <laughs> I mean, so like, true! Everyone it's has so to so like. I mean, someone can Yeah, so like you had to get on duty in the car. And like I. I drive like a that's SUV. So, funny. so oh, like, oh. I yeah, so I was, like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> was like a premium, like Uber sexo. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like for me, it was okay because, like, once you put the back seat down, and you got the trunk. Like, there's some space. Yeah,
1: and, like, it's, you were like in a suburban, and I was space. in like a compact. You, like, like
0: push
2: I think yeah, it's really God. interesting to talk about the development of the automobile as a new site for people to actually have sexual encounters. Oftentimes, rather awkward ones, not always the most comfortable. And clearly, sometimes we really need to shift our positions a bit. But the police and the state have tried to claim that the inside of a vehicle is actually a public space. Because people have the ability to have public view into it. It's not a private space. And clearly, when people have engaged in sexual interaction in cars, they often park cars in places that are not very accessible, that other people aren't around, and they try to construct relationships of privacy and intimacy for themselves. So again, this raises questions for me of how these notions of public and private are socially made and therefore this attempt by police agencies and state agencies to claim that everything that happens in the supposed public realm as they define it is illegal has a lot of problems with it because it's actually an infringement on our ability to be able to establish our, our own rights of privacy our own rights of intimacy in places like the interior of a car
6: Luckily, I had a couple of friends who were originally from Barbados who were gay. So when I was going back, when I was a little older, they were like, oh, you should meet up with so-and-so. And then in going and meeting the local gays, then I was kind of like exposed to this kind of underground network of gays.
4: So my question for the younger gays was, how does the secrecy or like the getting into that network how does that make the sex more exciting and is that being lost
6: through the technological ability to hook up i think for me as an outsider um my views on it is very much like oh this is so hot that i get to like experience this right but i think also on the flip side of that it's very important to recognize that like this is kind of like a sacred invitation right Mm -hmm. and it's not something that i can go about um just like throwing out there I, like, I like the idea of, like, having open sex and cruising and the idea of being caught... But I recognize that I can very much, like, hop on a plane back to Canada and face very few persecutions compared to, like, some of the guys that are really, like, risking Mm -hmm. their life because, you know, like, the anti-buggery law is still in effect, so.
4: I know, I feel terrible now because I feel like I'm asking for, like, a fine line between, like, threats to my life and, um, just enough hatred that we have to be secret about it and make it kind of sexy (laughs) 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 and, like, you know, underground. I am definitely uh, fearful of being arrested. I touch wood, have not had many close encounters. Um, the older I get, I become more, I have become more fee- fearful of, uh, you know, getting arrested.
3: Police take a periodic interest in cruising. I mean, the first thing I would say is that there are hundreds or probably thousands of cruising events that take place, encounters that take place across the province, and most of them go as as planned without any intervention from the police. There's nothing illegal about long lingering glances or uh, stopping somebody and asking them for a cigarette with some ulterior motive. So like that sort of whole basket of activities that we think of as cruising is it's just simply not a criminal activity. When I was involved with arranging the legal defenses for the for the folks who were caught up in Marie Curtis Park, what we found is that the police were not using the criminal code at all. They were using bylaw infractions. Uh, the two most common um, tickets that you would get was either a sexual activity in the park, which is extremely vague, what is sexual activity, Or the uh, uh, trespassing ticket. Marie Curtis Park is at the southwest corner of Toronto. It's been a working class neighborhood for many, many years, and it's turning into a gentrifying white neighborhood. And so the cruising that's been going on there has been going on for a very long time, for 50 years or more, but... Given the changing dem- demographics, there was a set of complaints, and the police seized on the community complaints in order to exor- exercise this sting. The sting itself took place over about three weeks. I say there was a police officer undercover in plain clothes who would wait to be solicited and then give people tickets. But what I also discovered through this, having these relentless updates on my phone over the course of the winter of twenty seventeen, was that these men continued to cruise in the face of police action. And in the dead of winter, like when it was
2: minus 30. I think it's really important for us to understand that when we've achieved rights, um, they've often tried to constrain them and to define them in very narrow ways. The 1969 criminal code reform can actually be seen as an attempt uh, to say that if you are doing this only in private, behind closed bedroom doors with one other individual who's 21 years of age or older, and only one other person, not two people, because then it would be public in character, we're willing to allow that to be tolerated. But we're not willing to allow a sort of more public um, culture of queer eroticism uh, to be tolerated. The point is simply that we need to remember that we are an erotic culture, that our central aspect of our oppression is around our sexuality, and we cannot forget that. And we need to constantly come back to and remember that history of of erotic resistance. And, And cruising's part of that. It's not the only part of it, but it is part of that.
3: I
0: think the... When, when the internet sort of took off
1: is when it just became so much more readily available yeah like, it's almost like do you think it's like less fun yeah like part of me is like I've never done like the like wandering the parking but I'm sure like I mean like I feel like half of what is so great about it is like exciting Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Worry about the children. Like,
4: I know. Worry about the children. you're almost like ordering in, and it's becoming soulless. Yeah. In this yeah. Way. I know what I Whenever like
6: my group of friends, if we go out to a bar, we're only going to stay within our friend. Group. Yeah. Like it's yeah. two separate friend groups, and then like if I'm looking at you and I'm interested, I'll like they're going. Go I'll go on grinder at the bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there. I'll message yeah. you. Yeah. So like cool. I'm not gonna walk it's over, so talk to you. It's, that's
4: fucked up, yeah. yeah. Thinking about the difference between cruising organically and cruising online, one of the sticking points for me is the notion of telling stories, because I do believe we are the stories we tell. We're constructed of narrative, this is how we understand our lives, and who we are as people. And I worry about the next generation, where do the stories exist when you pick up online? I remember meeting, having sex with this man on at Land's End, which is like, you can get there by bus from downtown San Francisco. It'll take you like an hour out to the very end. And then you go down cliffs and scrub down to the beach. And then men cruise the scrubby forest that's on an incline. And I met this man who is probably my age now. And I was much younger. We had sex, had a great time, and then sat in the sunshine and chatted. And he was telling me about how his life was in complete upheaval at that moment. Because for the last 30 years or some stretch he had been a caretaker to a very 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 wealthy san francisco socialite and her life was changing and she no longer needed him and so he had no clue what he was going to do next for the last 30 years he'd been her housekeeper caretaker gardener friend but no real resume. What do you do when you're 50 and that's being taken away from you where you live? And he seemed quite resigned to it. He didn't seem panicked at that moment. He wasn't packing boxes. He was sucking my dick. And he later invited me over to his house and gave me his TV and a T set because he couldn't move
5: it. I mean, I don't think trans guys are gay or queer by trans guys necessarily have different desires, but we have different things we need to navigate in that relationship or in that interaction. I've hooked up a lot, even before I had surgery, I hooked up a lot where I didn't tell people. And I just kind of, you know... I got I got very comfortable with being very, like, firm about pushing hands away. I was at a bathhouse in Winnipeg, and this guy was super handsy. I mean, it's a bathhouse, guys are handsy. And I kept having to push his hands away when he trying to grab my crotch. No, no. and And finally, I mean, I looked, I was... I would, I would have been like 22 or 23 at the time. And I looked very young. And finally he like grabs my, hand, my head and he looks at me. He's like, how old are you? I'm like, ha ha, I'm 23 I'm or whatever it was. He's like, oh, are you really? I guess he thought like my pushing his hands away meant that I was like really like underage and he was going to get in trouble or something. I'm like, no, that's funny. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually 23. It was very, you know, in, in retrospect, it was very sweet like that he that he cared enough to 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 check. And he was a very nice guy and I had a lot of fun giving him head.
6: Like
3: you don't want to do a exactly. I know exactly. No. Uh, Anytime I, got, I got in I game place place. by myself all over the world. That's um, one of the things I love to do yeah, when, yeah, when I travel.
4: I I yeah, you find it. yeah you do, you so find why don't it? You do Right. Yeah. yeah, I did it in Oaxaca, Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
6: was behind a bus station. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. I went back two days in a row.
4: Right.
6: Yeah, and I think also, like, when you're on vacation, like, it gives you the opportunity to be a different version of yourself. Mm. Like, I feel like there are times when, like, I'm, like, either cruising or just on any of these, like, sexual networking mm. apps mm-hmm. where I'm, like... You know, I have to be my most reserved self because, like, I know the Toronto gays like they love a screenshot. So, like, you know, maybe what let does me tell tone- me <laughs> the Toronto <laughs> gays love a screenshot. I don't even like know what that means like if I were to say something like too like I don't know if it was coming off as, like, too vulgar or, like, something that was against the norm, like, someone might take a screenshot and then send it to, like, a bunch of other folks. So, like, when you're on vacation, at least, like, you can be yourself, but a, a much more uninhibited Why do you even need to yourself? be yourself,
1: though? Like, yeah, I've yeah. definitely developed true. other identities. A persona Oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah.
6: yeah, like, I think, yeah, vacation you don't even gives have to you You your name. Yeah. Oh, totally. Right? Okay. Totally. That She's a is... top
0: on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
6: But also, I think some people, especially online, aren't nice people when they're online. So rather than saying a quick "Oh, I'm not interested" or "I don't think we're a match," it's like "No, you fucking fat piece of oh. shit. I'm not into you." Oh, no. And then block. Like I think right. there are oh, a lot shit. of spaces where, or a lot of times mm-hmm. where people are just they take that opportunity to be mean to or take out take it out on someone else. Yeah, I've had guys were like. Right away, like they'll just be like, Oh, not into blacks, or like even worse, like no N words, or you're just and then a quick block.
5: I definitely saw that a lot as a trans guy where people are like, Oh, I'm not into girls, sorry. I'm not telling you who to be attracted to or how to be attracted, but like, fuck you. I have a kind of a love hate relationship with hookup apps because of that, because it's like, I mean, not to generalize, but to generalize, there's so many cis white gay men who. Yeah, I think they can pick and choose attributes of a person like candy. Like, oh well, you know, I like I like candy corn, so you know, I would never have I would never eat gummy bears. And and in the most offensive stereotyped ways, and they're just not at all interested in having that challenged. And it's it's maddening. Sometimes cruising teaches me what the sex I want is.
4: I don't necessarily go out there with the idea of what i want i know i'm horny and i'm open to experience and so sometimes that's the beauty of cruising you actually end up having encounters with people that you normally wouldn't but there's this animalistic attraction this primal impulse that you allow yourself to act on right with no guilt with no shame and you end up learning something about yourself like oh, I didn't realize I could get into that. I didn't realize that was enjoyable. I never would have looked twice at that person in the daytime, but I had an amazing time. What is that about? Why? And that kind of challenge to who you think you are is, I think it's made me a better person, honestly. Having sex with strange people makes me a better person.
0: Thanks for joining the Audio Sex Party. In this episode, you heard Peter Noah Adams Marcus McCann Gary Kinsman But we also heard lots of other voices too and we want to thank them for coming to the party and sharing their stories. In upcoming episodes, we'll get a chance to hear more, not just from them, but others too. Join us next time where we'll listen to guys talk about how the internet has changed the ways we find the sex we want.
1: Uh, Grinder really has changed like the world I never even used gay.com I was yeah. a little it was updated, updated yeah. when I oh st- like was
2: totally terrible <laughs> like yeah.
1: compared to like you know what's available now it was like only a matter of time before those guys-